This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hello, Jim. Hello, Brian. Good to see you again. Thanks Thank for joining you. me. We're going to jump right into topic. Uh, before we do that, if uh, this podcast has been helpful to you or just the Ministry of Practical Shepherding has been helpful to you, would you go to the donate page, which is on the website at practicalshepherding.com, and you can give a financial gift that would help our ministry in general, uh, as well as just uh, the podcast and everything else that we do here. We're excited about what God's doing, and we're grateful for the opportunities that we have. Thank you to those of you who support us. And uh, also, if you haven't written a review on uh, iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast, feel free to go do that. We, we look at those reviews occasionally and try to learn from them and uh, receive encouragement from the positive ones and try to learn from the negative ones, whatever those might be. So feel free to leave those reviews for us if you haven't done that yet. We want to jump into topic as we always do, though, Jim. In this topic today, we want to talk about friendship within the church. Now, we've talked about friendship among pastors, that pastors should pursue friendship with one another, uh, and that, that is a crucial part to be able to just survive in the ministry. We've talked about that quite a bit. What we haven't spent as much time about is friendships within our churches that we pastor, So, uh, which gets tricky and complicated in ways that it's not for everybody else. Yeah. To be the pastor and to try to develop friendships with the people we're serving either with or trying to serve in the church. So that's what we want to talk about today. Do you have an idea on maybe how to set this I, this topic up biblically, Jim? Brian, I would I would take it from several different ways. I think one of the one of them is the reality that we are not just the shepherds of the flock, but that we are members of the flock and I think we need to understand that the the general truths given to Christians as Christians in the church, the love one another, bear with one another, pray with one another, for one another, uh, love one another, fellowship with one another, that that applies to us just as much as it does. That's sure. not just stuff that we preach down to people. It is what we say to ourselves as as part of the as right. part of the body. So I think that's one thing that we need to recognize. And then taking off from that, that the issue of whether you call it friendship or companionship or, or fellowship, you, you cannot disconnect life, life in Christ from life in the body. Uh, that to be in Christ is to be joined to his body. And, and that the in, in the context in which that is most often lived out is going to be in the context of our own local church. True, that's right. And then I think, Brian, we need to just to look at the blessings and benefits, and we're not going to get into all of this, but uh, 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 just what what is friendship? And then why should why should we have friendships? You know, so part of it is our basic humanity. Part of it is is for our uh, ourselves. It's for our wives. It's for our children. Uh, it is good. It is healthy. It, it is a giving and receiving relationship. Uh, a friend loveth at all times. Sticks closer than a brother. A friend is born for adversity. If we if 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 we live in this world, we need people that not just admire us from afar, um, but that are are near to us, who love us, who enjoy us. Uh, not so much because of what we give them in the pulpit or what we give them in the counseling room, but they they love us for us. A lot of people love us for our work's sake. Right. That's right. And and that's right. That's biblical. That's First Thessalonians five. That 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 is. The, it's actually commanded that that be the case, 
but I think all of us feel at some point, Brian, the, the, the thought that I don't want to just be, I want to be loved for who I am and not just because of what that, I do. That's right. Yeah. I think that's inherent in, in our humanity and that the people we spend the most amount of time with are going to be the people in our church. Um, and there is a recognition that relationships themselves in all situations have the potential to be volatile, right. uh, which is why love is patient, mm-hmm. which is why the first application of the gospel in, in Ephesians is to walk with lowliness of mind, long-suffering, you know, patient, gentle, all of those things are written in the context that relationships are difficult. And so uh, one of the things you're going to hear sometimes from people in ministry, and Brian, I heard it, uh, I heard it said very clearly and loudly from an older couple that had been through a trauma in their previous congregation. I was new in the ministry. I'd been a pastor for two years and was visiting this couple, you know them, um, in in another country, and they had... We sat around, my wife and I, my daughter was two at the time, my oldest, only child at the time. And they said to us, number one thing we would say to you is don't get close to anybody in your church. Right. And, yeah. and, and yeah. that surprised us. It, it, my wife and I talked about it for a very long time afterward. And I will say, I, don't, I think they would no longer have said that. I think they went. They were in the middle of it. Was, they were in it. the yeah. middle of it. It, it. But there are some who will say that. It's part of the advice they give to younger people. Um, but that's right. And I think we should I think we should go there before we even talk any more about how to develop these friendships. Let's, let's at least tangibly put out there, though a lot of people are already thinking about it, I think. You know, what are, what are some of the things we want to acknowledge that do make friendships in pastors and pastors' wives' lives more challenging in some ways in the local church that they pastor. We need, I think we need to talk about this before we then figure out how to formulate them because this is kind of the this this is the thing that is is why some people give the advice you just mentioned. yeah. So I'm going to deal with a couple of things just outside of ourselves. I'm going to deal with them congregate two, two things congregationally. Um, I think I have two. Maybe I don't. I've just lost my well, transfer. I'll, I'll go with the with one. one. I have the one in go my with head. One, Jeff. I'll go, go with the one. one. Absolutely. So one of them is um, a fear of favoritism, right? Which would produce jealousy. I guess that was the other thing I was going to mm-hmm. say, and that is that in, friendships are there, there's there's widespread friendships, and in a sense, we should be friends with everybody in the church, right? There. There may be, and we'll talk about to get into this. There may be certain people that you just are more naturally drawn to, attracted to. You just really enjoy them. They're very relaxing. They're not, they're not taxing on you in any way. You can really let down your hair. You can really feel free to be yourself. Take off your pastoral hat or whatever the case may be. Uh, and the and and if you do that, and you do that to any degree openly, like. Hey, we're going to go out to eat with Charlie and Donna. So Charlie and Donna were a couple in our church. They're well, Charlie's actually now an elder, and I only did it because he's my friend. I, no, not really. Yeah, that's right. But that, but I knew that, that but, but that accusation was, or that thought, or that suspicion. Well, I'll oh, get to be friends with the pastor, right. and you get to be a pastor. That's right. You know yeah. that kind of a thing, and that wasn't, and it really, honestly, wasn't the case at all. But is it okay to to you know? 
to have that friendship and to openly have that friendship. That you go on vacation together, you do things together. If you're going to go bowling, you're going to go see a movie. That's who you're going to go, you know, most likely go see it with, go out see a ball game with, whatever it is. Um, you're not just you're not just ministering to them. You you're just enjoying them, and they're enjoying you. Yep. And that can produce a sense either like that a pastor from the congregation a fear that. The congregation is going to say, you're not allowed to do that. We're allowed to do that. You're not allowed yeah, to do yeah. that. So, so I got. I think I've got your uh, the second one. I've okay. got another one at good, least. Good, so good. I don't know if it was your second one or not, but I'll say it. Another challenge with this is the fear of, a friend, of, of opening up and confiding in someone in friendship. Right. In a way that you're not with every other person in the church. Right. And for some reason, that relationship goes bad. Right. Uh, and that person can weaponize whatever you shared with them right. in confidence. And so in a normal friendship, as you said, it's all potentially volatile. It could all go bad. But if a friendship ends because of that, they may have some really private information on you, but you know they may <laughs> not be in the same circles as you. They certainly couldn't use it necessarily to harm you at your work or whatever it might be. But yeah. in, in this setting, you know, if something goes, a friendship goes bad, it, it can affect, you know, somebody then leaves the church over it or uses it against you in the church like that that's the one thing i think that's probably the thing that makes most pastors and pastors wives afraid of engaging in deep meaningful friendships why that advice was given that that you just mentioned that your friend gave years ago on why that kind of advice is given it's too risky for a lot of people in their minds at least yeah. to be able to engage in friendship within the church because a friendship can always go bad and it can always be the result of that I may be getting ahead of myself here, Brian, but we, with your, if you do, do do this, you do develop a close friendship with people in the church. Would you say, would you that certain things need to be off limits in that in that that is that you don't share pastoral concerns uh, for about other members well, with this friend, or, you know, because sometimes that that's a do you just. I, I, we talked about developing pastoral friendship, or at least you, you did one with Rob Gibson years ago, which yeah. one of the earlier podcasts. If you're looking for that one, guys, you're going to have to scroll way back. <laughs> right. Um, but there, it's like in the first 10 podcasts. But in, in, that, um, in that, I think you realize that there, there, maybe there needs to be certain guardrails there, at least uh, if that French is in the congregation to guard them against certain things, because you, know, you don't want them to think poorly of other people, or you don't want to just vent. Because science on a friendship, you vent, and and you, when you're a pastor, what you vent about is sometimes stuff going on in the church. Well, let's let's go there. I think so. The next question is, how does a pastor knowing these dynamics? There's favoritism risks. There's the risk of a friendship going bad, and confidential information on you gets out to people who shouldn't know about it. Whatever it is. Let's. You know, how do we? How does a pastor pursue these kinds of friendships? And I, I think I would respond to what you just posed there with. I think the the lowest hanging fruit, the place where pastors can find uh, the the best friendships or the best opportunity for friendships within the church, is with fellow fellow pastors or, or elders in the church. So mm-hmm. uh, to your point, you know because. Well, do you talk about pastoral matters with your friends? Actually, no, you can't talk to them about. I mean, I, I think you just got to have a hard no on that. If it's a con- if it's a member of the congregation, you you cannot share with them any of those things. If one of your friendships you develop 
is with a fellow pastor within the church, then it does allow you a, sure, a, a connection. Right. Even, you know, obviously within confidentiality that the elders under, are, are brought into a situation, that has to be, you know, uh, clearly given as well by the person. But usually it is, and those elders can then talk about it in confidence, and that aspect of friendship can can be developed. So, uh, and you were talking about Charlie. I mean, he's a fellow elder, and, and, and yeah, he is now. Now, but before, what, but before then, I didn't. No, we, we, we would go I, together. I, would say, I didn't talk about those kinds of things. I would say that that's that's the best place to look for a pastor. Now, here's the problem: a lot of pastors don't have a plurality of pastors. They don't have another pastor in the church, and so I think the next best place to find it is is within your core leadership. You know, who are the people who are leading? That are doing ministry with you, yeah. that can open up some of you, so you're able to talk, just have that in common, and have more conversations around that. Would you agree with that, first of all, Jim, or or is there, or would you would you push back on that? Uh, both. Okay. Um, I I think that there is a it's natural. I mean, because you're going to be spending time with your your elders and with your and I, this is almost another conversation. You know, do do, do the elders. And to be qualified as an elder, you don't have to be friendly necessarily with that person. That person has to be, you know, called, gifted, and equipped essentially. Right. right. Uh, you should get along. And I, I happen to get. I get along when I have an I have an elders deacons meeting. I, I have a great time. And we, we and sometimes our meetings are extra long because we do. So, there's so much camaraderie and and it's easy for you know kid around a little bit even as you're discussing serious matters but we love each other we right. really I, I i love all of those guys those are great guys um and in some ways you know they're the kind they're, they're godly men they're mature men the kind of people you're attracted to i mean i think mm-hmm. you, you 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 ought to look for certain qualities that you want to be friends with right, right yeah. because you you love and admire people like that you know so they're they're easy uh in in that way but on the other hand um I have enjoyed um, uh, fellowship with guys that I don't think we're ever going to be. They're not ever going to be in church leadership. Um, they're different kinds of friendships. Maybe they're not. They're you're not together as as often, perhaps. And I think you you when you're married, you add to it not just the dynamic that you get along well with them, but that your wife likes their wife. Yeah, that's you know? right. So that's and right. that's not always. This is done. Not everything always jives, and it's not that you don't like them. It's not that you don't love them. It just doesn't click, and I think with the, one of the things in the difference between a, a, a body where there's wide open, you know, love and appreciation, but not everybody, as it were, clicks. And I think the difference between when you say to, that, like, "Wow, that's a that's really a friend," versus that somebody I I really love, and I, you know, I serve, I I I. I'm happy to be with them, I'd be, but I don't think to myself, "Hey, uh, hey, we got a Friday night open. Want to have pizza and maybe somebody over to watch a movie or something?" That where you're doing that for enjoyment. There, may, there, there are times I do that more with ministry in mind, mm-hmm. where I say to somebody, "You know what? I need to. I think they're going through a hard time. I think they're struggling. It'd be good just to have them over in a relaxed atmosphere. I'm not. It's not." But it's pastoral. I th- and I think and, both and, of those co- go together, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I think you can have friendship with somebody. I, w- I would agree, by the way, that your fellow leaders or pastors are not your only possible friendships. I've had friendships in the church in different ways of people who weren't leaders and those kind of things. But to, to your point, it's there's a mixture, right? I mean, you it's a friendship for you because you go and enjoy that person and just who they are in the right. company. But the the friendships I've had in our in the church through the years – 
who guys who weren't pastors, but they're just regular church members, are guys I had other things in common with, like sports and other. Like I'd go to a friend's house and watch a ball game or a, right. a boxing match or something. We'd have a great time. Now, am I? Is there ministry involved in me just going and do, enjoying what he enjoys too? Absolutely, but I enjoyed it too. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's mutual ministry. So, so the mutual part of that, I think, is what creates that as a friendship right. versus a, I'd never do this in a million years if I didn't know this person just loved to do this, right. and I'm going to be with them and be a part of it, right? So Let, let me ask you this, Brian. Have you ever been weary of somebody? Have you ever sensed that somebody's trying to be your friend in a way that's maybe improper, that, that, they, that they're trying to get... they they it's they like to be near the guy in power they like being near that 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 it's a it's a feather in their cap or they're looking for information trying to that where they ask you lots of questions and you realize there there's an agenda here that's not just have you ever had that or you ever I, been concerned I, about that I have but when I recognize it I I feel like I've worked really hard to not play into it at all yeah um I'll give them the time they're asking for, uh, if, if you know, just as a church member and things. But um, I certainly will not, you know. I I usually felt like I was able to see when someone was trying to, you know, to to buddy up to me in that way for, with some bad motives, like you were talking about, yeah. or just wanting to be w- with me. I mean, there's people who just want your time and want want you to be available. Actually, what I have found that harder is I've had some pastoral friendships of guys who wanted to be closer friends outside of the church. Yeah. And, and and really push to want it to be more like me, like I did. But, I mean, kind of like kind of like you. Kinda, but but I'm, very needy, puppy like. You know, I, I've just grown to love being with you, so I've just accepted <laughs> that that's the, the process. No, uh, so I I remember those those are the ones that were actually tougher in my mind. Like church yeah, members, yeah, yeah. I, I think I just assumed like most church members want more of my time. Some are just more aggressive to ask for it. Right, and and so you just have to constantly gauge that. But when you have like. A fellow pastor or somebody outside the church who clearly is pursuing you as a friendship, and you don't feel the same way, and you don't, you're not necessarily have a desire to engage in that. You know, you don't have the bandwidth for just another friendship to invest yeah. in. That one's harder. I don't know. That one's one that's been harder to try to figure out how to how to judge. But inside the church, it, it all felt like a, you know, I was just assuming that these that people were wanting to spend time with me in those ways. What about you? Yeah, some. You know, I, I tried some years ago, Brian, and I, it was easy to do in the church was smaller. I, I, I used to make a concentrated effort to spend some time with every man in the church outside of a Sunday okay. and outside. So, like, uh, getting lunch, getting breakfast, getting coffee, you know, and, it, and, it, and letting them know, listen, this is just to get to know. This is, I don't really have my pastoral hat on, but I just, and, and part of that was cultivating um, a love for them, a friendship with them. And, and for most of the guys in the church, that was fairly easy to do. <laughs> At one fella, and just for whatever reason, it, 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 trying to communicate openly and normally was just difficult. And I found myself, I thought, oh man, if I, if I have to spend time with this guy, I I need to write out questions ahead of time in my mind. That bad, huh? It wow. was just because, you know, I'd ask him something, you know, and it would just be like, yep. I was like, oh, boy. What, you know, I'm looking word at, all of a sudden I'm looking at my watch, you know, like, hmm. oh, no, how long is this going to go? And I tried that for a little while, and I realized this just wasn't – it's fine. We, we got along. I mean, 
it, it, there was nothing. There was no antipathy. It's just we were not going to be buds, and and yeah. and, and communication yep. just was not going to be easy. And that was okay. It's not. It's not what I want. I'd like. I'd like a degree of camaraderie, uh, of where I could go up to anybody in the church, put my arm around them, and say, "Hey, how's it going?" And that they would receive me without suspicion. I, I had to say to a guy the other day, you know, because the guy who's been struggling with a lot of things and been, go, you know, and we spent a lot of time talking about harder issues. And I felt sometimes like he kind of withdraws. He didn't like, like didn't answer my last text, you know, kind of a thing. And just to come up to him and just say to him, listen, I'm for you. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not against you. I, I, I'm here for you. I, I, I want you to yeah. know that I, I, I understand you're going through a hard time. Uh, and that, and to try to build that more relationally. And then that was really even onto the end that I might pastor him better. I realized I needed that relationship. Yep. I need that to be open and I need him to know the affection is there for me to be able to, in this case, actually pastor him. So I think what, let's do this as a last thing. Why don't we just give a couple of tips of it, practical advice on out of, maybe out, out of our own, just our own experiences of how can we encourage pastors to to cultivate friendships in their church, you know, in a way that maybe is going to be guarded a bit, but doesn't mean we can't pursue these friendships and enjoy those. So I'll, I'll go first. The first one piece of advice I would say is don't be afraid to enjoy your people mm. who do things that you like to do. Right. So, you know, think about your hobbies, think about the things you just enjoy doing. And I found that, you know, pastorally, again, like you're talking about, there's a fine line between being their pastor and building a relationship there and just building a friendship with them too. Right. And, and so I think those, those two, there's not a, there's not a big stretch there in a lot of ways, mm. especially with the men in the church. So I, I found that some of the friendships that I developed, I, I didn't necessarily go, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go develop a friendship with this guy. I was just, wow, you, you, you're one of the only people I know who likes this, this kind of stuff that I, right. that I heard you like. So there's one, there's one guy in our church that uh, was, you know, kind of really introverted and, and, and those kind of things. And, Found out that he uh, he had trained in mixed martial arts stuff, and and I had a martial arts background, and we actually connected. I was I finally kind of figured out a way to connect with him. I think on something like that that not everybody's into, but then I I later found just my personal enjoyment in interacting with him, and we're like texting on on a Saturday night when one of the fights are going on, and you know, mm. and I actually just personally enjoy that. So I would say like as you're trying to connect with your people pastorally. When you connect with them on something that you personally enjoy, like take it's it's okay to enjoy that. Like take advantage of enjoying that with them, and and let your guard down a little bit and embrace it even as as kind of a friendship. So, I found different levels of friendship within the church that were sure. enjoyment to me. Uh, instead of just thinking I got to find my best friend ever, or <laughs> I can't have any friendships, you know, just accept the fact that there's going to be different levels of that. And I think that's part of God's grace to us that we can enjoy our people in that way. So. Something for you, the practical tip for somebody as they're trying to figure this out. Yeah, I, I think you, I think you need to be open to it. I think that's one of the things that's most important. I think that to to say that this is a this would be or could be a good thing, you can't make it. Ha- you know, you can't force it to happen. You can pray. God, you know, God withholds no good things from those who walk uprightly. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Uh, I believe it's a good gift. I think it can be a very good gift. I think. Anything and everything that tethers us to a people is a, is a good thing. Anything and everything that allows us the full range of our humanity. I think you know Jesus had friends, and I, and I, I think you can actually you can argue. I think the arguments have been made that among the disciples, 
that Peter, James, and John were the closest to him, and of those, John was his closest. I, I think that that, that appeared, in the, and, and that he demonstrated it, and I don't know if it made Thomas upset or, you know, uh, whoever, that, that, hey, how come I'm not in the three? I'm in the 12, but I'm not in the three. I, I don't know, but it, apparently Jesus didn't hide those things, and, and, and he allowed that. So I think that we can we can allow this for this. I don't think we need to put up extra guards. I don't think we need to be so afraid of the ill effects that right. we neglect the good benefits of it. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is that I, my closest friendships in the church took years to develop. Hmm. Many of them were fellow pastors in the church that eventually became that just by just organic ministry that we were doing. And we and we sent them out in the ministry eventually. And when we sent them out, uh, they never got replaced before I transitioned out of the mm-hmm. church. And I spent years never, you know, having the, that friendship and enjoying that friendship that was really special and then having a hard time replacing that after they had gone. So if you find friendship within the church, uh, it's a real gift you know, embrace it, look for it, try to develop it, give time to it. And, um, and because obviously when uh, it's a big piece to being able to survive in the ministry and enjoy your own church, you know, enjoy, mm. your, the, enjoy relationships there. So Jim, will you take a minute and pray yeah. uh, for, uh, for pastors just being able to try to find and seek this? Mm. Our Father, we thank you that one of the blessings and benefits of being a part of, of a body and serving in a body is not simply ministry and uh, giving the word, but it's life together in the body, a life of a people reconciled to you and reconciled to one another. And we thank you, Father, that often in that, in your providence, you bring along uh, at, at times sweet friendships that uh, make uh, life in this hard and, and often difficult and fallen world that much more pleasurable and, and that much more a little foretaste of heaven. I thank you the day is coming when all your people will enjoy one another to the, the full degree that we ought. Father, thank you for everything that reminds us of your love and your own companionship with us. We pray you may bless the men who hear this with, um, with close companions who help them along the pilgrim's pathway. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.